Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Forward Thinking Podcast. It's Chrissy here and Charlie. What's up? From CS2. Um, And today's episode is another one of our special rewind episodes where we're going to take one of our past recordings and play it for you. But first, we're going to go through what are some of the things that we said that we don't agree, what some of the things that maybe we missed, and any other commentary that's uh, we want to add to it. So today, we're going to be rewinding an episode from July 2020, which is uh, seven essential steps to elevate your career marketing ops. And I know a lot of this content is what folks are looking for. I think right now, just with even since July 2020, you know, things have exploded for marketing ops. And I think we're at this pinnacle point too, where we have a lot of really talented folks that are figuring out how do they, where do they go right now with their career, but how can they elevate themselves? Because a lot of people are still in tactical roles and how could they be more strategic? So I think this is a great one to, to touch on again. Explain what you mean by exploded. Exploded. Yeah. Um, I think, so I think after the pandemic, I think we saw that everyone moved to digital, but it was still very like uneasy and uncertain. But since then it's just, you know, people are hiring again. I think the whole, you know, the whole job market is crazy, not just marketing ops, but marketing ops is feeling a crunch because there's so much of this reliance on digital now. There's less of the like, you know, field marketing that's happening. It's everything's going digital. They need people to support that. But also, um, it's just a tough talent pool. As you know, like the most common thing across this podcast is everyone just kind of falls into the role. And there's a lot of problems with that now that we're feeling. And it's also a tough job. I I will say like, you know, we're not going to sugarcoat it. It's, it's, Every job's tough, but marketing ops has its uniqueness to it where it's a mix of technical, trying to be strategic, balancing a lot of different things like tech just changes rapidly. So when I say exploded, it's just there's just a ton of jobs out there. There's not a lot of like, you know, people to fill those jobs, but also the jobs are very like unclear, like what's expected of the person, stuff like that. So but there's just this really big demand to do what we do. But also mm-hmm. there's been a highlight. I think even this podcast has been supporting that on like the true importance of marketing ops, which is a good thing because it is. And so now I think it's getting its day as well that it really should have had a long time ago. <laughs> it's in the limelight. Yeah, it's in the limelight. <laughs> yeah, totally. And I think though to maybe roll into what we're going to talk about for the rewind for this episode. Yeah. One thing we kicked off the episode with was how a lot of people might be kind of stuck at the manager level. I mm-hmm. think there's a few podcasts we've done that kind of talk about that yeah. um, in, in in-house roles. And and then the it's difficult to break into that director level. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what this podcast is all about, right? Kind of elevating yourself at any level um, and then just being able to work your way up, be more strategic, do better work, you know, and then really create uh, the career you want in marketing ops. Yeah, totally. I think the interesting thing as well is I think that those director roles have opened. I think some of those people have have been promoted into them. But I will say that I do feel like those job descriptions for those directors are pretty similar to a manager and you're just giving them more money. So 
I think yeah if you're just you know, a one person <laughs> director mops person you're still gonna have to do the manager and specialist type work <laughs> exactly mops, right? so I think a lot of the things that we cover on this on this podcast I think kind of combats that as well yeah. um for a director like how do they navigate this new role of trying to be strategic so what did you like about it and actually before we get it one thing I didn't like about it is one thing I brought up um and it's a quote that I remember I remember reading uh, at that time and I bring it up on the podcast about how the director is the person with the map you know like an actual like map like on where to go and then a the manager is more you know the person doing the work and I still think that's true I think it just annoyed me because <laughs> it's such a small thing but throughout the whole podcast I kept on saying the word map which obviously could be misinterpreted as a marketing automation platform as well. <laughs> <laughs> so what I wasn't saying there, so when you listen to it, I definitely wasn't saying the director is the person who should be responsible for the marketing automation platform. <laughs> that's kind of what it sounded like to me. And I was like, wait, what? But no, I meant like map, like the the thing that helps you get from A to B. Yeah, it's okay. I also said PowerPoint, which made me cringe. Retro, yeah. So There's still people using PowerPoint out there. Oh God, yeah. Um, I st- but I shouldn't have. They appreciated the shout out. Yeah, for all of you Microsoft fans, I hope you like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, uh, for the things that we we liked, I mean, I think the a lot of the things that I think about it was talking about ways that you can really delegate your work and manage like your time. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the biggest complaints for mops folks. Like if you ask them, like, what, what, what's wrong? And they're like, I just don't know where my time's going. I have like too much on my plate. I just don't have the time to get to these strategic projects. And so going back and listening to it and talking about how to get more resources, don't complain. And, and we said a little bit, and this is one thing maybe too, I, I want to reiterate. We said, you know, don't complain that you're too busy to people. Mm-hmm. I, yes, in in the organization. But if you really <laughs> <to> your friends, <laughs> if you really means. aren't getting <laughs> no, but if you really aren't getting the resources support that you need, I think you you do need to have honest conversations with your manager and talk about like why that's not making you successful. And if the org is not willing to either deprioritize things or take things off your plate or give you the resources, I think it might be worth talking about whether that's the right role. Because I will say with without a question that you will become burnout. Totally. And I think when we say don't complain, we don't mean hold it in, don't say anything to anyone. Um, There's a difference between, you know, going to your management with a load of problems and going to your management with a problem and a solution. Right. And I think for, for, for marketing ops people, it's difficult because you're so busy sometimes you you can only see problems and you don't have enough time to figure out the solutions. But right. if you do take that little bit extra time and articulate your issues and then come up with a solution, whether it's, you know, you know, of, of course you can't just magic up more headcount or a- extra agency help, but you know, that is an option, but really other options are like getting more kind of focused work, like getting the, the priorities really aligned to the business objectives. So you're working on less things because like marketing ops can just be brought into so many things and that's often the cause of chaos and, and a lot of stress. So, you know, but overall, you know, complaining um, and just 
saying there's just too much on my plate without coming with a, an, a, an action plan is quite frustrating for everyone, right? Because right. one, your leadership is, isn't going to know what to do. Like most of them don't even understand your job anyway, probably. And then two, um, you know, because they don't understand how to help you, nothing's going to happen. Yeah. And you're going to feel like no one's listening to you. Um, but if you do come with a plan and, and then they're still not listening to you, then like Christy said, there's plenty of jobs out there. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. And then I think as far as like time management, I think we talk about, you know, a, having a framework for deciding prioritization. I think this is another one of those funny things. We didn't say roadmap, but like a roadmap is basically. I think I had said roadmap. Did you? One, once we or twice said, in the whole thing. Yeah. Okay. Pretty but we, sure. we talked about like the rice me- like method, OKRs and stuff like that. But I mean, it all is like kind of talking through. Oh, yeah. Okay. We did talk about roadmap. Um, the, I don't think it was super, you know, as, you know, roadmap advocate as yeah. we were later <laughs> on in our lives. <laughs> we just noticed that the last time. But yeah, definitely, I think that's the key, right? Like just figuring out a framework for our prioritization. But well, I want to play devil's advocate to that, actually, because okay. I took a note. And I remember back then I was really, really advocating kind of what I think now is overly complex prioritization methods. Yeah. So uh-huh. there's, me- there's methods like we started developing, which has like different scores for different projects across different areas. There's like Rice, which is okay. Mm-hmm. Eisenhower, which actually isn't that complicated. Um, but there's, there's other prioritization methods out there that, you know, I mean, just takes a lot of time to prioritize. And I think intuitively it feels like it's a good thing to do but I think as we as my thinking has evolved on this a bit more actually the better use of time is having more of a kind of assessment auditing investigative mindset on like trying to understand the business goals understanding your priorities understanding the type of like where the issues are and the the Mm -hmm. most impactful work that you can work on in terms of like the actual value that will be generated yeah and then it then it's quite obvious actually what should be prioritized because it, it you don't need to like have crazy scores for all those projects or anything like that because it, it would it's quite clear when you actually sit down and you think about like this project's going to lead to this true business outcome which is aligned to this objective like therefore that is the priority so and we've been finding that a lot with our you know we're doing a lot more client audits and, and assessments and things like that and it doesn't require you know a crazy complicated prioritization framework it just requires doing the work to figure out what value will be generated by each project yeah and i think those crazy frameworks assumes that you're just gathering all these requests yes. from people and then try and prioritize them where i would say you need to take another approach and actually do the investigation on a meeting with people to understand what the true goals are and maybe what actually needs to be assessed, you know, or rethought and, and then prioritize that list because you're going to have a long list from that investigative, um, experience anyway, and then you can prioritize that roadmap. And if, if you're really struggling, like, anything that you can tie back to the customer experience to prioritize, like if it contributes to the customer experience or if it helps you just with insights to improve the customer experience, in my opinion, those are all things that should be prioritized at, at a minimum. If it's some things that like really don't, I I think just drop it. But like 
and I think that's something that we didn't make clear. I think with marketing over the past few years, like it kind of feels like we've kind of like lost the true goal of like what we're trying to do and the customer. Mm -hmm. And we've been thinking too much about how do we solve these internal problems? Not how do we like make this better experience of marketing and for the, for the person. And we need to like reframe everything again to that. And that's where we're really going to provide value and drive revenue. So I know we probably want to wrap up in a second, but what are a couple of other things that we missed? Let's see. Do you have one? Yeah. The something that we we've talked about in this podcast before since yeah. then, but um, definitely a lot of people in mops, and I think this is changing a bit. But you can get a little bit too tied to one tool, oh, yeah. um, and you don't want to end up in in an organization as like the Marketo person or the HubSpot person, you know, or the you know fill in the blank marketing automation tool person. Um, it's good to be excellent within your tech stack and be able to handle all of that. But the issue is you, as a market operations professional, you've got to be really focusing on the business and the, and the business objectives and really like how that tech stack fits into your, your business and how it improves your business process, how it improves the customer experience, like you just said, how it improves the internal kind of customer experience, which is like your sales team, marketing team. And, you know, you, you being a bit more tech agnostic, you can have your favorites, fine, I do. But being a bit more tech agnostic and open to just like finding the right tech stack for the right situation that you're in and not just being pigeonholed as that person. Because if you are, you can definitely stunt your growth because if, if you know, the business doesn't understand really like too much about what Marketo does and they just think, okay, you're the person there sending emails out of Marketo, then, I mean, where do you go from there? Right. right. Like you really want to be trying to push to have transformational projects for the business. And that does include tech, of course, but it doesn't particularly mean you should be focusing just on one tool. Yeah, you're handling getting them what they need done that day, but maybe not getting them to where they need to be in the future. And I think just always think about that. Um, and then I think the last thing was we do talk about being more strategic and meeting with executives and aligning with them early. I think one thing to note on that is really being part of the go-to-market strategy um, creation. And I think that can save headaches because I think what we see now a lot of the time is a lot of that strategy is being done in a silo from those teams like demand gen and, um, you know, different different teams. And then it just gets thrown over to mops and it's like, okay, now go and execute and there's just so much wrong with that. Like they're not getting the key data and insights they they need to understand if it's the right strategy. They don't even know if it's doable. They don't even know if they can actually achieve that. And then the team just feels overwhelmed. So the the sooner you can get into those actual like strategy creation meetings and process, the better. Totally, totally agree. Um, and I think the last thing I'll just say is one other thing that we didn't mention is there's a lot of help out there. I mean, there was back then, um, oh, yeah. but not as much maybe as there is now. I mean, during the pandemic, a lot of the uh, Slack communities out there just blew up, right? They're mm-hmm. super popular. Um, so being just kind of really in the mix and absorbing all mm-hmm. of this information, like even if it's just on LinkedIn, right? Follow some the right people on LinkedIn, be active in these communities. 
um, if you're leveraging an agency, just like, you know, ask them questions on the call. Like, how do they think about things? What are their other customers doing? That kind of stuff. Like our clients ask us that stuff all the time and we've got very valuable information that we can give you. It doesn't have to be super related to a specific project that we're working on, but just wait till you to just absorb all of this knowledge out there that was just definitely not around when we started. Yeah. Um, and it's just a, 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 a shortcut basically yeah. to just learning. Like I see people now coming up in mops and, you know, they, they, what they have available to them is just like amazing and they're progressing super fast and they're super smart and they're super hungry. Like be those people, like be out there taking it all in, mm-hmm. getting involved and just learning from all the people that have walked that path before you and, and you will shortcut your, your path to growth and elevating yourself for sure. Yeah. And if you're already listening, you're already on that step. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Good job, yeah. Path people who aren't. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll roll into the episode. So I hope everyone Enjoy. enjoys this rewind um, of our seven ways to elevate your role in mops um, and hope you enjoy Okay, so today on Forward Thinking, we're covering a topic that Charlie and I get a lot of questions about, and that's how a manager um, can, you know, become more of a director, Um, or someone who is a director, what are the things that they can do that can really um, make them a, a leader? Um, and a manager can even be a leader for their department, but really what are the things that a marketing ops person can do to really, um, lead the organization in a way that's very strategic. And this comes about because I think a lot of, uh, marketing ops people can get stuck in kind of a, a manager role where they're really just focused on kind of getting the things done for the organization Mm -hmm. instead of really driving the strategy and um, the framework and, um, you know, aligning to the business and being in those top level conversations um, where I think they should be. Um, We're a powerhouse for the business, let alone marketing. And uh, you can really find a great career path within marketing ops if you position yourself in a way um, that's more strategic. So we're going to cover some of those um, today on what you can do to become more of a director or even above for uh, the marketing ops department. Mm -hmm. And I think one key thing to call out is I found a quote online, the difference between directors and managers. And it was the director is the person with the map and the manager is the one driving. And I think that really helps just articulate kind of where where you fit in, right? Are you the one that's just doing all all of the work and you're not really thinking about creating the map of where where you wanna go? Um, so should I kick it off? Yeah. Okay, cool. So the first one on our list is really trying to create a relationship with all of the higher ups at your company. Mm-hmm. So that's the other directors, VPs, your CMO. It doesn't have to just be marketing. This can be across other functions in sales, customer success, IT, and other areas. But having that regular call with them, whether it's a monthly call, quarterly call, even weekly call, to try and start understanding what they need from marketing operations so you can build that into the vision for the um, for the function. And also that gives them visibility into what you're doing as well. A lot of times 
multi operations can be misunderstood, especially outside of marketing. Mm -hmm. So for them to be able to really understand the value you're creating is really important. But then for you to elevate yourself, you're now in that director and above level conversation. So they'll start to see you as a director that is that is building the map for the company through marketing operations. Um, and then the final point with that is that data. So all of these teams need marketing data. Mm -hmm. You're the person that we talk about this a million times, everyone's probably bored of it, but you're the person closest to the marketing data. So you need to be going to those meetings with data and helping them be better at their job. So they look forward to having that conversation and then they're able to improve what they're doing because you're there as a value add, giving them the data that they need. Totally. The data and the story, which is what we talked about, yeah. even better, providing the insights yeah. um, already for them instead of just like, here's, here's your reporting. Um, I think that's a really great one because it kind of, I think for marketing out people, it's hard to put ourselves out there and leading into the second one, it's really about communication and marketing your marketing operations. I think this can feel a bit, I think hard to do, especially if you're more of an introvert mm -hmm. or you rely on the organization to just really see the hard work that you're doing, but everyone's busy. And then even now more so with a remote team, um, you don't want to let the important work that your organization is doing get unnoticed. And also it's work that maybe other parts of the organization don't understand. So it's really important to communicate, you know, what you're doing, which is what you're already doing. You know, you may say I'm doing, um, this project, but it's even more important to say we did this project and it resulted in this. So really focusing on the value of what you're working on and communicating that out to the marketing team as well as the whole business if you can or any of the teams that are really affected. Um, really translating what you're doing into value to the bottom line. Yep, so the next one is really owning a vision and roadmap. So, so much in marketing operations, especially at the manager level, we're just fighting fires, we're battling different things coming at us and we're and whoever's shouting the loudest, we're doing that project and we can get trapped in that. And it's very hard to raise your head above water and figure out, okay, what does the company really need? What does marketing really need? And what does marketing, operation, marketing operations really need? So try and really take that time to figure out what is your vision for marketing operations? What is, and then translate that into a you know, very specific roadmap on what you're trying to achieve, obviously tie that to the objectives of the company and then communicate that with everyone. Then people are gonna understand, okay, marketing operations is the strategic function. They're not just a resource for us to like send work to. Totally, I think based on the last two, like if you haven't created a PowerPoint about what your whole department is doing, the vision, the things that you have been doing, what value that they're that you're giving with that, like all of that can be presented at one time. If you haven't done anything like that, that's a clear sign. Oh, maybe I need to make yeah. that part of my process. And it's for you, it's nice to have a North Star. Like yeah. what is your North Star? And it's not just going to be one thing. In operations, there's a lot of, lot of things you're probably trying to work towards. But just have that documented. That's going to be something that you just repeat over and over and over again to the team, yourself, and make sure that your everything you're doing is working towards that North Star. Totally. All right, fourth thing. So this might be a hard one for everyone because <laughs> everyone wears their 
busyness as a badge of honor somehow, but stop complaining that your team is too busy. Everyone's teams are busy and everyone knows marketing ops is busy, so you don't need to really remind them. But instead, make sure there's a perception that, you know, what you're doing is good. Don't get a bad reputation that you're just complaining. Um, Really focus on, uh, you know, instead of saying I'm busy, maybe rephrase that with my team has been focusing on a a lot of strategic projects right now. We've made a lot of headway on some really key initiatives. You know, that's a better thing to say. And everyone's like, wow, okay, yeah, you guys have been working really hard and on things that are really important to the business instead of just, "Ah, we're so busy. (laughs) You know, everyone hears that. So it kind of just goes into an ether at that point. Yeah, we have a rule of CS2 actually that, I mean, we don't enforce the rule, but it's to try and never say that we're too busy um, never complain about kind of being overworked or anything and to always try and shoot for each one of our clients thinking that they're our only client. I think you can translate that in-house too. Try and make the sales team think that you only work for the sales team. Try and make the field marketing team think they only work for you because it doesn't mean you're taking on everything that they're saying because you still need to prioritize, but you're just not saying to them like, oh, I've got so many things to do and you're just seen as a bit of a drag. Yeah. And if you are too busy, you know, if you have too much on your plate, the the thing to focus on is how can I build a plan to get more resources? Can I show that I can do X percent more on my team if I have the resources there available to me? And also happiness is productivity. So make that as part of your um, talk track as well. You know, it's not just, oh, we can get more done with another person. We can actually balance out the team, balance out the work, make everyone um feel happy and more productive which leads to better work with less mistakes yeah yeah being being kind of seen as busy and kind of unorganized is very different to the you still you can still say no and you can still say we can't take this on because we're working on x y and z that's a different conversation than like we're way too busy because that makes it sound like you're you're not managing your work properly Mm um okay so number five is this is very related actually to and all, all of these kind of tie into each other, but this is making sure you actually have a strategic framework on how you work um, and what you take on. And this actually really helps with the previous one about being too busy. So you could use the RICE framework, a kind of an agile methodology, OKRs, and really make sure that it's to, it's to make sure the projects that you are taking on they are the ones that are going to be the highest value, the ones that are going to provide the most value to the bottom line of the company, your team, the marketing team, help them scale, whatever it is. But you've actually done the work to figure out that this is that these are the right projects to take on and these are not. Don't get into the trap of just taking kind of the, the thing at the top of your list mm-hmm. and just trying to keep up with everything. You have to say no. And the best way to say no is to be able to really prove that what you're saying yes to is the right stuff because you actually have a proper framework on what what reaches on what ends up on your yes list and then what you're saying no to or maybe you rephrase no to later um that is not the most you know aligned to the company's objectives Mm -hmm. so there's a ton of different prioritization frameworks out there or project management frameworks you know look into the one that you think is going to be best for you and the team you implement that and then use that 
as the reason why you can delay projects that don't meet the criteria to be worked on right now. And then, you know, you know, you're working on the best stuff. Totally. And I think, you know, having that strategic framework in order to execute on that, it kind of rolls into our next tip, which is don't get bogged down with kind of busy work or even just day-to-day execution to take you away from those strategic projects. So especially if you have a small team and you're you're leading that, but you have a, a, a big marketing team that you're supporting. Um, so your marketing ops maybe has like a little bit of an issue with the, um, the overlap between other departments. You still have to support them and then focus on, okay, how do I delegate that out? So part of that might be hiring again, that goes back to resources or training the other team members um, mm-hmm. so that they can be, you know, more helpful in um, doing the execution for their own programs um, and empowering them to do that. So sometimes that will require a little bit of like work where you create templates um, and then maybe have office hours each week where then you answer all those questions at one time instead of just a zillion slacks a day, which will take you from your strategic projects as well. Or you can hire outside help like an agency, um, which maybe is a bit easier to get on board because, um, you know, the operating cost of that is a bit lower than getting a full-time headcount, which can be hard. Variable as well. And you're hiring for specific expertise. So then you know, okay, don't have to train these people. So it doesn't suck up your time as well. So that can, that can definitely help. Um, and then just build processes that scale. So instead of every campaign feeling like a really heavy lift, it can just be something that's easier that you can then delegate out. Don't get bogged down with those things. Um, that'll just suck up your whole day, figure out ways to, uh, make them a smaller part of your day. Uh, so then you can focus on your strategic projects. Yeah. And number seven is very much related to that. Um, but it's more about your calendar. So I find that um, a lot of people in marketing operations, if you do have a team where, you know, a lot of our clients, you know, have, you know, one, two, three, like very small marketing operations teams because we're working with, you know, startups to midsize. Um, but still, if you do have a team, and there are a few of you, you don't all have to go to every meeting. You don't all have to be, have your, you know, be part of every single decision. Um, if you are a manager and maybe you have a specialist or something that works below you and they're handling some of the execution, they can go to the meetings with that the, are about execution. You need to free up that time so you can focus on your vision. You can work with the, the people, the VPs, the directors and everything. So really try and divide and conquer. And one thing I always think about is that uh, as kind of a thought experiment is that you wake up every day with 100 units of energy. And there's everything's going to take away from the energy before you get to work. You probably left with you know not even, not a hundred, right? You got to get ready. You got to deal with your kids. You got to do all the stuff. Think about how much of those units of energy are going to be in meetings that you don't need to be a part of because you can delegate execution work, kind of like the last point that Chrissy was mentioning. And if you use up your whole hundred units on all of that stuff, you don't have anything left to think about the vision, to think about the roadmap, to work like strategically prioritize, to speak to the VP, to like, come up with your know, different ideas to build that map, then you're always just going to be stuck, you know, at that level and you're not going to be able to progress and elevate yourself. And even if your goal isn't to, you know, be a director, be a VP, be a CMO, your goal should always be trying to you know, work on the best work within marketing operations at whatever level you're at. Um, so even, even if at a, you know, you've just got into a manager role, this is great stuff to think about 
to just thrive at, as a manager and even as a specialist it's just to thrive at, at any level just trying to have that mentality totally so these are all things that are great like charlie said for just elevating yourself but also elevating your role means that the whole department can be elevated and that'll just give you all more resources, more budget, mm -hmm. more support, and which would just make all, doing all this stuff even easier. Um, so hopefully that was helpful to you guys, um, especially if you're maybe like right at that cusp of wanting to become a director or really leading the operations team and not quite sure on how to get there. Um, hopefully this will be of some guidance to you. So yeah, so yeah we'll see you next time. See on you next board. week. This is Charlie, so if you liked what you heard, hit like on the platform where you watch this. Also, leave a review. Honestly, we would really, really appreciate it. You can also subscribe where you listen to your podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or even YouTube. And make sure you subscribe to our newsletter, which is packed full of exclusive content, updates for events or courses that we might be doing, all designed to elevate your marketing operations and B2B strategy. See you next time on Forward and Forward is Up.